Welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, after a week-long strike, Unifor announced on October 29th that it had reached a tentative agreement with the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation during mediated negotiations. Now, the tentative agreement covers many of the Unifor members and will help to end the strike that lasted for about a week. The Unifor striking workers were from the 13 Canadian locks, but not the two U.S.-based locks in the Great Lakes. Given that all the locks operate as a single system, any closure suspends operations of the entire system. This was the first strike-related mid-season closure of the St. Lawrence Seaway since June of 1968. Now, details of the tentative agreement will first be shared with members and made public once an agreement is ratified, and that vote is scheduled here in the coming days. With the St. Lawrence Seaway shut down for a short amount of time, it averts a situation that could have created many more challenges than needed for shipping of U.S. commodities with the Mississippi River at low water levels. The St. Lawrence Seaway has been a legitimate alternative for some of that U.S. commodity business to get shipped out of the country. Mike Steenhook, executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, says exporters need as many options as possible for moving commodities overseas. You know, one of the things that we continue to try to convey is that in the midst of a lot of these supply chain challenges and low water conditions on the Mississippi River is a preeminent example of that, is we need to have as many options B, C, and D available. And that's one of the real big lessons that we've learned amidst of all of these supply chain challenges that we've had over the last three years is don't put all your eggs in one basket. The more you can diversify your supply chain, the more options you have the better position you are to be successful. And while the St. Lawrence Seaway doesn't carry a lot of U.S. commodities, Steenhook says the system has room for more shipments in the future. We absolutely can. There is capacity for the system. For a number of international customers, it's not a very viable option. If you're destined to the Asian market, it doesn't make as much sense. But for the European market, for the North African market, which are both important to our industry, it's a viable option. And again, that is Mike Steenhook of the Soy Transportation Coalition. And once again, the St. Lawrence Seaway strike ending as a tentative agreement was reached over this past weekend. A definitely a good sight to see. Well, we turn our attention to Washington, D.C. and the Farm Bill. The Senate ready to get to work on things such as the Farm Bill, according to Senator Tammy Baldwin. While government funding and the uncertainty of the speakership of the House has delayed the Farm Bill beyond its expiration date, the Wisconsin Democrats says lawmakers are eager to start negotiations. I don't sit on the Senate Ag Committee, but I do follow their work closely. Obviously, Wisconsin has a very robust agricultural sector. And while we didn't meet the deadline of September 30th to pass the final farm bill, I'm working these months to ensure that Wisconsin farmers really have a seat at the table as the negotiations continue. Baldwin has specific provisions she is supporting to be included in the farm bill. Uh, particularly the Farm and Ranch Assistance Network, which connects farmers with the mental health resources they need. Expanding access to affordable child care is a big rural Wisconsin issue right now. It's frankly, it's an emergency all over the nation, but we're certainly seeing our share of challenge there. Increasing broadband connectivity for our farmers and supporting, of course, the Dairy Business Innovation Initiative. Now, while the Senate may be ready, the chamber generally waits until the House writes and passes the bill first. So we'll have to see here as we move forward 
Well, one person with the American Farm Bureau Federation says just a short-term extension of maybe a few weeks might be needed to write a new farm bill, but complains lawmakers should have done their job already. If I was king for the day, uh, we wouldn't need an extension. Congress would actually do their job and would have had this done before September 30th. That's American Farm Bureau Managing Director of Government Affairs, Ryan Yates. With the margins that we have in Congress, Republicans and Democrats have to work together to get a farm bill done. I'm convinced, despite the distances between chair and ranking in both the Senate and the House Ag Committees, that they can come together, that they can find a way to get past these differences and get a farm bill done. But with just a few legislative weeks left to the year and a new speaker facing many other challenges. Congress can do what they want. If Congress needs more time, they'll give themselves an extension to get the job done, just like they do uh, with the appropriations process. If they run out of time, they'll get a CR. If, if they get a, if they need to give an extension, they'll get an extension. One demanded by the clock. You know, looking at the calendar, it's hard to see where the farm bill fits in from a legislative day standpoint, uh, it will be certainly a challenge. Yates says he's hearing in House circles that only a few extra weeks may be needed, not the one-year extension that Senate ag leaders are considering with the presidential election year coming up. Meantime, Yates says the Farm Bureau will continue to press lawmakers to, as he puts it, do their job and get a farm bill done as soon as possible. Well, the landscape of land ownership has evolved over the past 25 years as a generational transfer of ownership takes place. A Farmers National Company report says a strong ag economy has driven the market higher for several years. Most landowners have seen steady increases in value during the past 25 years, but especially within the past three years. FNC says one market dynamic farmers can always count on is change. Politics, world events, and other factors will continue driving change in the agriculture economy in land values over the next 25 years. Generational transfer of land ownership will continue bringing changes to who owns the land. One constant in the market is the fact that they aren't making more land available. FNC says the U.S. loses an average of 1.8 million acres of farmland every year, which will only add to the limited supply available and more change in the marketplace. Well, in the third quarter of 2023, the corn sector wrapped up the 22-23 marketing year and entered the 23-24 marketing year. Geopolitical tensions and international dynamics continue to be factors in the market. Looking ahead, a National Corn Growers Association webinar says the war in Israel could have larger implications for corn if it spreads throughout the Middle East. On the macroeconomic side, interest rates continue to rise while the economy remains strong. That makes it a challenge to forecast an economic landing, especially considering geopolitical factors. Despite widespread drought across the Corn Belt during the growing season, the U.S. is positioned to produce one of the three largest corn crops on record. That positions the U.S. to have enough grain needed to fulfill demand. Even with the strong competition in the world market, the outlook for demand from ethanol feed and exports is more positive than it was last year. And finally, here on the program for the second quarter in a row, organic fresh produce grew slightly in year-over-year -year sales and volume in the third quarter of 2023. That's according to a report issued by the Organic Produce Network. Overall, organic fresh produce dollar sales and volume rose by 2% and 1.9% respectively for Q3 in 2023 compared to the same time last year. Tom Barnes, CEO of Category Partners, says, quote, The growth in organic produce volume slightly outpacing conventional produce reflects the continued consumer interest in healthier and sustainable food choices, end quote. 
Well, that is going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today. If you have a story for the program, send it to me via email, Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.